to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, and welcome to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Graham, and I just want to wish you a happy Devil's Food Cake Day. Mm, now, if I was going to have a cake day, it wouldn't be that one. I know, right? No, not at all. Uh, and I'm Darlene Brock. And let me think, what kind of cake would I want? It would be chocolate for sure. Mm-hmm. But then it German would be... German chocolate? No, I don't like coconut. It's kind of like weird, like it's got a weird consistency. Yeah, right? I just like want mushy. like four inches of chocolate icing and two go. inches of cake. What do you think? These little holidays are so funny to me. I should pay more attention to them. But did you notice last week or a couple weeks ago, there was multiple appreciations in the same week, but the one that really mattered was teacher appreciation, right? Right now, don't we appreciate teachers way more? Oh, absolutely. Every mother who has stayed at home and become a teacher mm-hmm. is, bless their, bless yes, your heart. Bless you. Yeah, bless <laughs> First you. Of all. Yeah, we feel for you. We really do. And don't worry, if you don't master it, it's okay because this is a tough job. So we should appreciate those teachers. I know. I loved some of the pieces we put out that week on the site. And I thought, man, I really should have done a better job appreciating Lincoln's teacher while he was still in regular school. Um, And it actually made me think back to, I had had a conference with his teacher right before school got shut down. And I'm also realizing that, hey, Siri, remind me this afternoon to send an e-Starbucks card to Lincoln's teacher because all the appreciation is much deserved. Well, and I think every mom should do that right now because that week, I know from my teacher daughter that she actually gets some great gifts on Teacher Appreciation Week. So I say double it this year, moms. It would be greatly appreciated by the women and men who are trying to teach your kids through a computer. I mean, can we also send ourselves a Starbucks card because we are the teacher now? Yeah, or at least buy yourself a whole (laughs) lot of Starbucks. Yes, absolutely, Julie. Well, one of the things we had been thinking about and talking about, you and I, is motherhood. Well, we talk about it all the time, if we're being real. Yeah, we do all the time, but we haven't talked about it on a podcast in quite a while. I know. I actually checked the archive in the last mom specific. Of course, we talk about motherhood in almost every conversation, but the last show we did that was really centered around being a mom was way back in episode 102. And so we figured it was time to bring a message to the mamas, but we want this one to be maybe a little bit different. Yeah, we do. We want to give a little bit of information of things that we've learned or researched or, you know, have the knowledge ourselves. But at the same time, we want to encourage moms in this one that they really can do this. They really, really can do this job and they can do it really well. We have talked about off mic how there's no shortage of motherhood inspiration, motherhood information, motherhood, you know, instructions on the internet, in books, in, you know, mom groups. There, there's no shortage of somebody telling you how to do it right. Yeah, and I think that has to be exhausting. I mean, when I was raising my girls, I think we had a couple of national best-selling books, like a two. One would be Dr. Spock's and the other would be James Dawson. I don't even know who that is. Is that Star Wars? No. Star Trek? See? Totally not a Trekkie star person. Yeah, no. He was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, But no, we only had a couple and nobody was 
not all, all the other moms may had opinions about whether I worked or not, but they didn't have opinions about what I fed my child. <laughs> you know, they didn't have opinions about how I dressed my daughters and they didn't even have opinions on the fact that I sent them outside and said, go play. I'm tired of you. So that's, you know, that's, it's kind of different for you moms today. It is super different. And so the goal for us on this episode is I think to give what every mama out there really needs, a little bit of relatability of, hey, no one's doing everything right all the time, but also some practicality of, but here are some things you might want to try in your journey of motherhood. We want to offer you real examples of how both grit and grace play a role in your mothering. So let's start with grit. I think the first thing that requires grit is to pick your style because there are so many styles out there of parenting, of motherhood, that it's like somebody can convince you, well, you should do this one or this one or this one. And no. Maddening. Maddening. And it's got to be exhausting. I'm saying no. Your style is your style, Mm -hmm. the one that you have for your child. So pick it, hold to it. Takes grit, but you can do it. Well, and I think even some moms are hearing that and thinking, okay, so is it attachment? Am I free chicken? Am I, obviously I mean free range, but can we just joke about how obnoxious <laughs> it all is? You know, am I grace-based? Am I gospel-centered? Just be you, the mom that God gave to your children and pull from the things that you agree with, that work well for you, that blend with your personality and your kid's personality and create your own style. And hey, how about don't even give it a name? <laughs> Oh, I love that. This is just how I parent. Yeah, I love that, Julie. And I love what you just said, your personality. Mm -hmm. Because when we say you were made for your child, that means all of your strengths, even your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. That means what you find funny. That means what you're passionate about. That means your priorities in life. That's your motherhood style. So just be you, and then you will be able to master it. I mean, I think what we want to say here is it's okay to pick your style and then literally put your blinders on and ignore the haters. We are giving you permission to do that. One of the most important things that you can do, no matter what your parenting style is, is to create quality time. Mm -hmm. Now, quality time can come in lots of different ways. It can be full on time with your child or If you live like I did, where I traveled a lot, I had to find opportunities to connect with my daughters. Sometimes it would be leaving them a note when I left town. Sometimes it would be calling them, but only one of them, maybe not even both of them. So I connected individually with each of my daughters. So when we say quality time, it's not a one size fits all. And it's not, there's not only one way to do it. Well, and I think what's important to also really notice here is that we're saying quality time without bringing up that other cue that our minds automatically go to. Well, okay, if quality time is important, how much does it have to be, right? Isn't that so just how we are? Oh, tell me what I have to do and how much I have to do it for it to be good enough. The focus here really is on quality over quantity. So this is something I have really, really struggled with being a working single mom with a full life. I like to be busy. It's like my <laughs> vice or something. It's an issue. Okay. Yeah. Get it. I see uh, it's everybody. It's an issue too. Okay. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Uh, um, and so this is something I've really struggled with. What are ways that I can connect with my son in the, in the limited amount of time that we have, at least during the week? Um, and so this was really helpful for me to even really think about. You suggested that we need to create some sort of either nightly or every other day or weekly ritual that is a guaranteed 
you know, agreed upon looking forward to time that you're connecting with your child. Um, and I actually recently realized that I was doing it wrong. You were, what'd you do? I mean, you probably want to real quick. Oh, Julie, I'm sure it was fine. No, literally I went and had, (laughs) I went and had a one-on-one teacher conference with my son. You guys have probably heard me talk about, he struggles some at school. Here's the deal. He likes to talk. Have you I met can't his imagine mother? why. I mean, really, I can't imagine why Lincoln would want to talk. Julie. I know. I, I did kind of apologize to my te- to his teacher, like, "Hi, I'm the problem." Um, <laughs> he likes to talk, and so sometimes that affects, you know, how he behaves at school. And so, one of the things I was doing with him because he's behind on his classwork, so his homework has grown to include classwork exercises. When we get home, I sit right next to him. And we're working on our homework. And in my working, I'm not good enough mom guilt brain, I'm thinking to myself, well, this kind of sucks that we have to spend so much of our time together doing his homework, but at least we're spending time together. I feel good about the fact that I'm spending 35 frustrating minutes every day with my kindergartner at the table. Sure. It sounds like a good plan. It's so helpful, right? Yeah. Come to find out, she told me what I really needed to do was to not do his homework with him. Oh, you want to teach him independence. Mm -hmm. So I literally sat there fighting the tears back. Being like, bah, 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 bah. okay, I was doing that thinking, at least I'm doing something right. <laughs> and she was like, by the way, I don't do this. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Great, so, I'll start that tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm sure that's going incredibly well. I'm saying that sarcastically, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. But nevertheless, it, you're right that sometimes the quality time that we choose may not be in their long-term self-interest. <laughs> so we have to shift. Maybe we go to read a book at a different time, or maybe we go to watch a TV show together. You know, it doesn't matter what their age, whether it's Paw Patrol or some other show that they love when they're a teenager, try to spend quality time. I like the idea you also included here is to find an activity that you guys do together that's not your choosing, but is actually your child's choosing. Being willing to let them choose from time to time what you're going to do and and do it because he or she likes it. Yeah, there's nothing like going to the uh, trampoline place where they go, oh, mom, this is what we're going to do together. We're <laughs> going to go bounce and let's see how you do. <laughs> and you know what's amazing when you do things like that? You may not be comfortable and you may think I'm going to hit my head and perhaps you do. <laughs> um, but your kids, those are the memories. They go, my mom, isn't she cool? Because she went and let herself be a complete idiot in the middle of Sky Zone. Okay, so beyond quality time, we also need to use our grit to instill some boundaries and rules, right? This, this is the hard part, but it's important. It is the hard part because they, your children need to grow up with some kind of parameters in life, and they will change as they age, but you have to have a starting place. And let me give you one tip here. Don't set rules that don't matter. Don't make a whole list of things that you expect your child to do or be. Pare it down to the things that really matter because there's a whole lot of stuff you don't need to worry about, and that just makes it exhausting. Well, and then you're spending your whole life and the limited quality time you do have reinforcing rules, like you said, that may not matter, which does make me think of the last episode we did on moms was called Rest Easy Mom. Here are the things that matter. You might want to go to the show notes and click on episode 102 for a refresher on that. But that's so key to really figure out what are the things that I want to instill in my child for his character, for his development, for his, you know, um, personality to really grow and develop and focus on those things. Now you have 
pointed out that you think it's important to have this conversation and kind of come up with the with the rules of the family together and make sure they're clearly posted somewhere. I have not done this. Tell me about this little tip. Well, I think what's amazing is when your children are involved in the decisions on what the rules will be, they take ownership. And they'll surprise you because they know, they know what they should and shouldn't be doing. Some of them they may not bring up and you have to, but it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation of what is the rule and why, Mm. why are we making this rule? And then make a decision as a family, these are the rules that we're going to adopt. And then we post them, then we put them up. You also said that it's important that we're precise with our expectations. So we've got to come up with the rules, post them, be clear about why they're important and how we expect them to be followed. And then we got to follow up with being consistent on actually instilling those things, right? Yeah. As simple as your child is expected to clear the table after dinner. That's one of their jobs. So if they leave four plates and they head off, that's not what you expect. Mm-hmm. It needs to be the whole the whole thing. So they need to understand what it means if you say something like, your job is to clear the table. Okay, then that means the entire table. You mentioned that these rules are going to change with age and over time. And, and I, I need you to kind of speak to the mom maybe in the younger phase all the way to teenager and just kind of help us see how this grows over time as somebody who's been there. Yeah, start with a few. Don't feel like you're looking at your four or five-year-old and say, you should be doing, you should be cleaning your room, picking up toys, uh, cleaning the table, loading the dishwasher. You know, don't do that. Pick two or three. Just pick a few because you're establishing expectations. So if you just picked a couple and that's your only battleground, then it's you don't feel like you're in a whole war. You feel like you're in just a couple of individual battles. So don't make a huge list, make it small, and then you grow it as they grow. Gotcha. Okay, good. Because here I was over here feeling like, oh, crap, that's definitely not something I've done. I mean, I've made Lincoln unload the dishwasher a couple times. I should be a little more consistent on that. Well, and some of these things are terrifying. If you value your dishes, you know you're going to lose a few, but... You know, that's the price you pay for starting down the road. Okay, well, let's talk about, you know, a kind of an outflow of rules and boundaries. How do we deal with discipline? This is another one that I think some moms are either afraid of or they tend too quickly to fall into. Mm. I think discipline needs to start with I love you. Okay, we we tend to think discipline means punishment or it means an action that you take to something that they just did. But the basis, the baseline is, I love you. So I'm going to apply some discipline in your life. The goal of discipline is definitely to help your child understand, you know, the expectations we have, help them to see the consequences that their behavior produces or their lack of behavior. But I totally agree that we've got to start with, I love you no matter what. And yet, because I love you, it's my responsibility to help you see what you're to do and to not do. The number one area I struggle with this in is consistency. Oh, Julie, every mother does. Every mother does. And here's, let me give you some insights. If you're not always consistent, that's okay. Hmm. That's okay. Don't expect yourself to be every single time because you won't. But one thing that I learned very early on with the girls is that the one thing I had to be consistent with is if I threatened something, Mm. I had to do it. If I said, if you don't do fill in the blank, I will do fill in the blank, and they didn't do it, 
I had to act on it. And sometimes I would say things without thinking. My fill in the blank would be something I would never, ever do. You know, don't brush your hair. If you don't brush your hair, I'm going to cut it off. Well, I would never cut my daughter's hair off, (laughs) but she didn't brush her hair, you know? So you have to decide ahead of time what your response is going to be. I totally hear you on that. And I I love that you put in the grace there of, no mom is doing this perfectly, but it is something we need to be reminded of that consistency will pay off. Um, it's doing the hard work on the front end of really, you know, like you said, choosing those statements that you will actually follow through on and then following through on them. So going back to that homework reference, um, I'm really trying to step away and, you know, have Lincoln work more independently during his homework time. And can we just say that he hates it? Oh, and I hate it. And of he's course. trying to make me come back and sit with him by taking forever and a day. And I just <laughs> keep telling myself, I got to be consistent with this. This has got to be the new way we do things. And it's going to be hard at first, but it's going to pay off. You know, the thing that all moms need to realize is children know how to make your life painful <laughs> when they don't want to do something that you expect them to do. Mm-hmm. But if you stick with it, it gets easier. They First time, it's horrible. Second time, it's kind of horrible. Third time, it's not as horrible, bad. but bad, <laughs> you know? And really, it will change if you just stick with it. Every single time, you'll find if you stick with it, it will change. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some appropriate punishment and consequences, maybe that are age-appropriate. I do like to talk about teenagers because I think that is one of the most challenging seasons that you have. And you feel like you still need to apply the discipline and the consequences to their life that you did when they were 8 and 10 and 5. The reality is they're growing up to leave home and sometimes you have to let them have the natural consequences. What I mean by that is if they speed they'll probably get a speeding ticket and they're going to have to pay for it. If they uh, skip class, they're going to hear it from the school. They don't have to hear it from you. Let the natural consequences, which is what real life is that they're going to be facing, let them happen and let your teenager feel those and be responsible for whatever they have to deal with. When you're dealing with the younger kids, like my little guy, it's still my job to help him understand what his behavior will cause, what the natural consequences of his behavior are of, you know, when you don't do your work at school, you have to come home and spend what you want to be your free time doing your work, or you will end up not being strong enough and ready for first grade. And it will put you behind and having those kinds of conversations while they're younger to help them understand because they literally can't understand yet. Well, and I think, you know, when the word discipline is thrown out, people think, you know, some harsh or spanking or whatever, but that doesn't have to be it. You know, if your child doesn't do something that you've asked him to do, like clean their room, then you know what, there's an activity they really wanted to participate in. Maybe it's the one that you had planned on doing with them. And you say, sorry, that's off the table because you didn't hold up your end of the deal by fulfilling the responsibility we asked of you. Yeah. And and that's where consistency is really going to be hard, but it will teach them that, you know, they hold their word, you hold yours, and that's how the family functions. And I think we always still have to go back to making sure regardless of the consequence or the discipline that love is still reiterated every single time. I think you can be creative too, Julie. Um, Every child 
speaks inappropriately, whether it's finding all the crass words that they can discover and spew them all at once, or whether it's simply disrespectful conversation where they're saying things that show complete disrespect or lack of kindness. So, you know, the old wash their mouth out with soap, I don't know, maybe, but a better, I think an interesting better one is have them look up appropriate words for the same thing that they want to express and then write them down. Make them go to a dictionary, whatever that is, and have them write down the words that are appropriate rather than the inappropriate ones. Interesting. That, is that something that you found really worked well for your kids? It did. Yeah, it did. Um, and it was very much all of a sudden they were viewing something differently, not just mom said, don't say that. It's like, well, here's an alternative. And yeah. I think sometimes our discipline is providing alternatives. One And the end goal is to teach them something. So if, if they're saying words that are inappropriate, you're actually giving them the knowledge of words that they could and should be using and also teaching the underlying life lesson that words have impact and they matter. Okay, as much as we've been talking about discipline, I also just want to share something that I've been really focusing on and thinking about lately, and it's making sure that in my conversations with Lincoln about how important his good behavior is, not only punishing the bad behavior, but finding practical ways to really reward and talk up his good behavior. Well, and Julie, I think it's not just behavior. I think there are times you can look at your child after you watch them hold the door for someone mm-hmm. or you watch them say something kind to another kid mm-hmm. and you say, I am so proud of you yeah. and here's why. This is what you did and you make your mom so very proud. Exactly. And I think something for me I'm learning is rewarding doesn't have to just be I'm going to take you somewhere or do something. But like you said, finding those moments to speak the positive affirmation of the things you want to see them repeat or that you see in them that are genuinely good. Um, I think there's that balance of, you know, disciplining bad behavior or bad things, but also really finding ways to really reward their incredibly good, unique and important moments as well. Well, and sometimes they are the most effective things you can do. I think as we wrap up this section on the grit we need in motherhood, one of the things I hope that you're taking away from this is no one's going to get it right all the time, but it's okay for us to continue to fail forward in our motherhood journey, in our approach, in our style, and and keep trying until we find the thing that works for us and works for our kid. Yeah. And Julie, you had sent that to me, fail forward. And I'm like, what is failing forward? And then you said, it is trying something new. It's realizing that this didn't work. And so I'm going to try a different approach. I'm going to try a different consequence. I'm going to try a different rule. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, do it. Fail forward. Because failing is part of motherhood, but taking it as, as a catalyst to create something new, that's brilliant. Well, and I think especially as moms who want to bring faith into our parenting, um, one of the best ways I get to talk about God on a regular basis, somebody asked me the other day, well, how do you talk about God with your kid? Like, how do you make it normal? I'm like, oh, well, in my case, it's easy because I mess up a lot. And so I get to say, well, there's another reason why we desperately need Jesus. It has gotten to the point where Lincoln asks me pretty regularly if I sinned today. (laughs) <laughs> I thought he asked me the other day if I, if I sing, like, if, did I sing today? And I'm like, well, yeah, I sang at church, I guess. And he's like, no, no, sin. And I'm like, oh, um, yes, I did. Then he wanted to know what my sin was. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening here? And so I gave him a couple examples of how I had sinned. And I'm thinking, well, he's processing. Okay, mommy messes up too. Well, and what's funny about that, Julie, is 
when we say sin, it's not the big sin. It could be, you know what, I got really impatient when I was driving behind this really slow person. Mm-hmm. And I, I like went around them at 75 miles an hour <laughs> and proved to them that they were in my way. I think I said, well, I think mommy ate too much. <laughs> and I probably thought something mean about somebody else. Then he wanted to know if Donnie had sinned. And I'm like, you can ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't account for exactly. the sins of others. That's not <laughs> yeah. how that works. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, and it, it kind of leads us right into how do we see grace in our mothering? One of the things that I love the most about us here at Grit and Grace is just kind of reinforcing that idea of sometimes the grace we need is more often for ourselves than for others. And if that's not the most beautiful thing we can model to our kids, I literally don't know what is. No. And I think we can give our kids grace a lot. I I think we do as mothers. We want to give them that break. We want to overlook whatever they're doing we want to give them the grace that we desperately need, but boy, we aren't good at giving it to ourselves. So true. Yeah, we we say, oh, you should have not done that. Oh, you should have not enrolled them in that. Oh, you should have not done their homework for them. Or you should have not, you know, whatever. And boy, that is so unhealthy as a mom. All it does is make you doubt yourself. So... We absolutely want you to give yourself grace because none of us at this job are perfect at it. None of us get it all right. But sometimes the imperfections are the best parts. I know something I definitely struggle with is, you know, that overwhelming feeling of guilt. Guilt in mothering, guilt in working, guilt in trying to balance it all, guilt in having my own passions that, you know, maybe take away from the time that I have with my son. And it's just, it literally can be stifling. And I guess I just want to say you're not alone if you feel those things. Yeah, I kind of look back at, you know, the generation or two generations before me and think, you know, y'all had 12 kids or 10 kids or 11 kids, and you just sent them out on the farm to do the work. And, (laughs) you know, and you went, oh, out of this number, I'm going to have a couple that are screw ups. I'm going to have a couple that are great. This is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But, you you know, I'm like, is that why they had so many kids? I don't, they had them to work the farm, actually. And then so that their number, their percentage of okay kids works out. out. You know, (laughs) but I don't think they lived in guilt. Like, mothers do today. I mean, they did their best. They worked hard at mothering, um, but they didn't overthink every single thing they did. Mm -hmm. And if we can tell you anything, it's like, just walk away Mm -hmm. from your imperfections and give yourself that grace. I mean, because the truth is, is doing everything right is literally impossible and it's not even necessary. I mean, I do think some of the most tender moments I have had with my son are me acknowledging, hey, I was mean just then, or hey, I asked you to do something and you didn't do it. And then I was wrong by the way I reacted to that, you know, really just being honest and talking about the importance of grace and then offering it. And then of course, there are times where you talk about what grace looks like, but also still offer the consequence, you know, sending the message that it's still my job to parent you in this moment. And yet I love you. You are still lovable you know, and just reinstilling all of those truths about ourselves. But what if we took a second to say, wait, I'm still lovable, even though I'm having this conversation again with my child? Well, and I think what you said, Julie, about your child, giving them, I think giving them grace occasionally, maybe more than occasionally, mm-hmm. where they did something that they knew they shouldn't have done, and you knew they shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think you need to go, you know what, 
we've had a really rough day. Mm -hmm. Today's been a rough day. We're just going to erase this day like God does with us, and we're going to start over tomorrow. So you know what? You're going to get grace, I'm going to get grace, and we're going to move forward. Yeah, and teaching them to learn to ask for and extend grace and forgiveness you know, on both sides of the relationship or life lessons that matter more than anything. I was thankful in my teacher conference where we learned that I was incredibly doing homework wrong. I want to clarify, I wasn't doing the homework. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, you were just sitting there. I was there. sitting there right there on yes, top of him reading yes. every question and making sure he was doing it. Yes. But the teacher did make a point to say that he has a great heart. And, you know, she's like, and at this age, that's the most important thing. And I was like, okay, I'll stop doing homework, my ma'am. <laughs> you know, and Julie, I want to, I want to tell you and every other mother out there that that's what matters. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, they get in trouble because they're bouncing off the wall one day at school. So what? Mm -hmm. Were they kind to the kid at lunch? Were they thoughtful for somebody else? You know, those are the things that matter. And that's what you want to develop in your child. They'll quit bouncing off the wall at some point. Don't worry about that. And if he doesn't, that's just who he is. Exactly. And I'll love him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so when we think about grace for mothering, I really think the, the way we want to think about it is it's the lens by which we see our kids. It's the lens by which we want to see ourselves. We want to model it. We want to show it. We want to give it to ourselves. We want to give it to our kids. We want to give it to other moms. That's a big one. Because I think if we as moms really kind of had each other's back a little bit more and gave grace for the ways that we do things differently, a lot of the pressure would be taken off of us. Oh, hands down. I think some of those blogs should come down. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? Especially if they have the words grit or grace in them. Just yeah. be done. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I, I think sometimes, you know, in... The world of social media, we don't want to look like mom failures. Mm -hmm. We don't want to look like we're not doing it. And I think that puts extra pressure. So you know what? You really don't understand motherhood until you're doing it. And each day is actually a lesson in its own right. Each day you learn something new mm -hmm. about how to be that mother to your child. And you're probably really, really smart when they leave home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You know, Julie, of all the jobs I've had in my life, and I've had a lot of them, mm. there's no other like being a mom. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean it's the easiest. That doesn't mean we need we know how to do it. That just means at the end of the day, it's one we want to do well yeah. because we're investing in another person's life. That makes me think of this great parenting book called Raising Great Girls, The 13 Jobs Moms Need to Raise Confident, Capable Daughters. That wasn't on the outline. And also, even though I'm raising a boy, there are so many incredible tips in there. So I am going to hope that we can just leave this little tidbit in there because you do give some very practical advice for parenting. So check the show notes if you haven't gotten your copy yet. But the truth is, is you're so right. It is one of the most important things we will ever do. If God has given us a child whether that's a biological child, an adopted child, maybe a foster child, our influence on that child is immense. It's powerful. It's meaningful for them and for us. And so our hope in doing this episode is to remind you that you're there for a purpose, that God put that child in your home and in your life, and that you are equipped for the job, even on the days it doesn't feel like it, and that you can apply both grit and grace into your motherhood journey and start over every single minute, if necessary, in stepping forward with the belief that you really can do this well. Julie found a quote that I think is amazingly appropriate. Breathe. The moments matter. Not the perfect ones, but the every single day, nitty gritty, showing up moments of motherhood. 
Your kids don't need perfection, just you. Loving, giving, trying, and simply being their mom. Breathe. These are the words of Rachel Marie Martin, and they're well worth listening to. Be sure to join us next week. You're not going to want to miss the literal hot topic as we bring Dr. Holly Miller back to answer questions you may or may not know that you have about having a healthy sex life. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Whether you're listening in Apple, Spotify, or streaming somewhere else, be sure to subscribe and review so you never miss an upcoming episode. You can also share this episode with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us or share us in your social media and tag us. Every week we share all the details of what we discussed at our website, gritandgracelife.com. We'll catch you on the next one.